Hey folks, welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. My name is Mason, where we talk about uh, stories about adventure here on the show um, and why it's important. Today's episode is really interesting because it's going to be why it's important to stay ready for adventures um, with Becky from trailblazerwellness.com. And so uh, what, what's interesting, I met Becky back at uh, back in October at the Outdoor Media Summit. And we uh, instantly were like, hey, let's do a podcast. This sounds like a really interesting topic. And long time coming, but <laughs> we recorded the episode months ago. And I, I typically schedule out like six to eight weeks in advance after I record, the episode will come out. Well, I was up like three months out. And so by the time I actually went to edit the episode, I realized her audio or our audio was no good, which doesn't happen very often. It's very rare. Um, and so I didn't think to check it beforehand. So I was like, shoot, Becky, we, you know, the audio is no good. We had to re-record an episode. Um, so this is, you know, the second take. Uh, we, it was supposed to come out months ago, but that's sometimes that happens. You know, that's sometimes that's, you know, what adventure is like, whether it's injury or just plans didn't align or something sets us back. But it's important to stay ready for adventure, which is what we're going to talk about with Becky, because you never know when those opportunities are going to come. We No one knew the pandemic was coming a year in advance. But if you were relatively fit or relatively healthy, chances are you went some sort of through some sort of disruption in life, whether that's being laid off uh, or something more positive like working from home or moving across the country or moving around like I know tons of us did. Um, those kinds of transitions allow usually some time to go do something. Uh, not always, but sometimes. And if you're you know, in a relatively healthy mindset and healthy position in life uh, and you're conscious about when those opportunities arise, you can really take advantage of them and do do some really awesome adventures and not have to wait till you're, you know, 65 and retired or, you know, if you miss the boat when you were in college, uh, which are two great times to do adventures as well. But there's so much time in between that you can make stuff happen. Uh, you just got to stay ready and got to be fit for it. And that's one big motivator of staying uh, adventure ready, as we like to say. So Becky's going to help us uh, talk about that and get get ready for adventure through Trailblazer Wellness, uh, like I said. Uh, and if you're interested in being coach or learning more, reach out to Becky. Uh, her information is in the show notes. But all right, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in. Becky Rupp, welcome to Adventure Sports Podcast. How's it going? Fantastic, Mason. How are you? Yeah, this is our this is our second go around for folks uh, listening. We we tried to record before. Background noise just doesn't work. wasn't working. So we'll we'll try to make this sound as fresh and as uh, yeah new as possible. But yeah, that's adventure sometimes, like we were saying, right? Right, exactly. And you just adapt and and move on. And yeah, that's uh, e even. As prepared as you feel sometimes, it doesn't it doesn't work out. And I'm sure that your travels to 40 U.S. states and several countries, guiding trips, I'm sure you've had a few uh, mishaps here and there. Oh, sure. Of <laughs> course. It's inevitable, right? And, you know, sometimes that's the most fun part, actually, as it turns out. So, what, what, Someone just told me this. There's all kinds of different ways to say it, but... Um, you know, in college, I, I felt like a lot of people said, go for the story, you know, go, go for what makes uh, the story yeah. a story, but now you can't sure. like totally do that. And so I heard it kind of updated version. It was, it's either going to be success or it's going to be a story. Um, 
oftentimes the best stories are the failures. So I'm like, yeah, either way, you're going to get some value out of it. Sure. Yeah. I like to, you know, talk to my clients actually about it's not, it's not trial and error. It's trial and learning or, you know, trying and adjusting and, you know, just that process of things not working out the way you hoped or expected is um, an opportunity and, you know, it's all what you make of it. Absolutely. No, I really like that. Tri- trial and error. That's just a thing we hear all the time, but trial and, uh, what did you say? Trial and, and trial adjustment? Trial and learning. Trial and learning. Or yeah, trial I love learning that. or trial and adjustment. Yep. Trial and learning. Learning was the, ironically, the, the, uh, the word I forgot. <laughs> so I'll try to learn that better. <laughs> um, so yeah, tell us, I always ask this first and some of this will be, uh, a repeat, but where are you coming from today? What, where's home for you? And if you didn't grow up there, where'd you grow up? Sure. Yeah. I have the absolute pleasure and blessing to live in the central Colorado mountains in a little town called Salida. Um, it's about two and a half hours southwest of Denver and pretty much due south of uh, places that people may be a little more familiar with, uh, due south of Vail and Breckenridge and the like by about an hour and a half as the crow flies. Um, so I am right on the eastern side of the Continental Divide. I get to look out my window at 14 years, 14,000 foot peaks every day. And um, we have all kinds of all kinds of adventure opportunities here. It's a, a world-class whitewater rafting river, um, mountain biking, hiking, rock climbing, skiing, 20 minutes to uh, the local ski hill, ski, ski mountain, I should say. It's not a hill. It's on the Continental Divide. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's absolutely beautiful, and I'm very, very fortunate to live here. Um, I grew up in the Midwest, though, in Michigan, and made my way out to Colorado in 2000 by way of Chicago and DC and a little stint in North Carolina, uh, before I made it to Colorado and, um, just, yeah, absolutely love it here. What's, uh, what's going on in the, in, in Salida this time of year? What, what is it looking like? What are y'all doing? Cause it, it could go either way, I think with weather, uh, you know, it is, you know, we are in the season of all the things. <laughs> it depends spring. on the elevation in the day. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, this is literally the season and actually like for many months, you can do multiple sports. Uh, we're just on the start of river season. So we do have some pe- brave people getting in the water with the runoff. Um, skiing has been great. We had um, 10 inches of snow up at Monarch, our local mountain, um, last this week. And we're supposed to get another 10 next week. So I'm hoping to get another powder day in. Uh, we're also mountain biking on the trails because it's warm, warm enough and dry enough on many days to do that. Uh, so really, this is like that like little sweet se- season where where you can do everything. We have a, a race, a kind of interesting race here called Pull, Pedal, Paddle. So it starts with skiing, um, skinning up and skiing. And then you transition to a mountain bike and then you end up paddling in the river and that's happening in a couple of weeks. So literally you can like do everything right now. So the problem is just deciding which, which thing you want to do. And you can ski in the morning and mountain bike in the afternoon or, you know, hike or whatever. So yeah, you, people think that's so wild, but when you see it, it just so, totally makes sense with the elevation and yeah. I remember when we lived in Colorado, there was one year where it was particularly warm uh, winter. And I remember making note 
because we had a mountain biking mountain like right out the door. And mm-hmm. I remember making note, I said, I was able to comfortably bike or hike in a t-shirt every week of this year, every single week of yeah. the year, at least one day. Yeah. It was just wild. Absolutely wild. <laughs> yeah. It's a blessing and a curse. You know, <laughs> climate change is a thing yep. and um, it's kind of scary. And, and, you know, there are a lot of unfortunate uh, ramifications of being able to, to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I love that I could ski in the morning and, and mountain bike in the afternoon. I, that's, just like my happy place. <laughs> yep. That is, uh, yeah, there will be definitely some positives to climate change, but only, only in those small, small, small instances compared to the negative side. So yeah, I did not mean to yeah. <laughs> make yeah, fun of that absolutely. for sure. But it was, yeah. it was, uh, it was interesting. It's just the weather there. It's so dry. It's so, um, mm-hmm. gosh, it's great. It's fantastic weather, yeah. so much sunshine. And so it's, it, it, it yeah. makes it just perfect for getting out. So, so you yeah. kind of yourself c- kind of always need to be adventure ready because it's it's every day you can do it every day you can stay ready just by living there and being there. Um, but but t- tell us about what you do and getting folks prepared for their adventures. Like what do you do and, and how did you get into that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll take how I got into it first, I guess, because it's, it's, I won't take you down the whole long and winding road, but basically I had become certified as a personal trainer several years ago after, you know, just really enjoying fitness on my own and seeing how many benefits I had to like stress relief and, you know, just being able to do all these fun things and, you know, helps with just so many things. Um, but I was still working in a corporate job at the time, you know, 50, 60, sometimes more hours a week, and um, was not able to really uh, focus on that as much as I'd hoped. So three years ago, almost exactly, I um, quit my corporate job and decided to focus really on helping people directly with their health. That's really my passion is to help people feel healthier and more confident and be able to get out there and do those amazing things that they they have on their list. They've been meaning to do. They really are longing to do. Um, but many of them are like me and spent, you know, 20, 30 years in um, their careers and or kids. I don't have kids, but many of my clients, you know, have just spent so much time on those things. And, you know, maybe then some fitness stuff in the meantime, but, you know, let's be honest, that's sometimes the things that doesn't necessarily get, that gets, you know, falls by the wayside, I guess we could say, um, when the, there's all these competing priorities. So I, um, when I left my job, I wanted to help other people, you know, find the ways that they could you know, get more fit, get more active, get healthier, and then take on those adventures that they wanted to do. Um, so that's been really fun. It's been an interesting journey. I um, am focused on, I mean, it's adventures if, in your own backyard if you'd like, but I also travel a lot. And I, like you mentioned at the outset, you know, been to most states in the country, um, many places overseas. I love to explore and do adventures in other places. And, you know, a lot of people have those kinds of things on their, you know, quote unquote bucket list. Um, but they're just, you know, in the last two years has been interesting because number one, we weren't able to travel as much and not get to some of those places that we've 
been wanting to get to. And now, which kind of put things on hold for a while, which was a like an awkward place, but I think it actually helped people like really um, realize that, you know, we can't, time, time is going to run short on us. And, you know, if we want to do those things, we should probably get started on that now. So I'm really seeing a lot of clients now are like, you know, I just been wanting to do this. And I thought, well, I'll just do it someday. But, you know, through the pandemic, it's like, man, it's like, when I get the opportunity, I better just go and do it. So, um, so now I get the opportunity to help people now that we're opening up and getting back out there and, and doing more, um, doing more traveling and adventuring. So that's sort of how I transitioned into this, this niche. Was there a, like a light bulb moment that you said, oh, this person mm. needs help. I'm going to, I'm going to help them. And maybe others do, or was it just kind of an idea and launched it into the world and see where it went? <laughs> Yeah, actually, there was kind of a light bulb moment. Um, I was um, starting my, um, you know, personal training and coaching practice, and I was working with someone that I knew here locally in Salida, and she had just retired. So my audience does tend to be, you know, people in their, I have some clients in their 30s, but primarily like 40s to 60s. And this one was on a little bit on the older range. She had just retired and she's like, you know, again, she's, you know, raised kids and had a career. And she's like, now I want to go do all these things. And I just, you know, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I can and I want to. So we really focused on helping her improve her her fitness and her capabilities for an upcoming trip, which ironically was right before COVID. Um, she literally was probably on one of the last planes back from the Philippines before everything shut down. And um, <clears throat> she came back and was just so thrilled to be like, have had a great time and done all these amazing things. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is this is a thing. Um, people people want to do this, and and they need help with it. So so that's kind of when I um, latched on to the idea of specifically helping people with travel and adventure. And then I got to wait for a little while and figure out <laughs> some things while while nobody was traveling. But it's all good, you know. It all, <laughs> it all worked out in the end. So when when was a time on an adventure? that maybe you could have been more prepared, you know, something like what you're doing now could have helped you. Maybe, maybe you don't have that experience. Maybe you're not like me where you're vastly underprepared for almost everything you do in life. <laughs> I I do tend to be a little bit of a, an overprepare big time planner. And, um, I can't think of a time when I was like really struggling, but I do remember, and this is another part of the inspiration when we, my husband and I, um, went to, to uh, Peru and hiked the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu, uh, which was back in like, oh gosh, I think 2013. And um, <clears throat> my husband was the oldest person in the group. And I was probably the second oldest. And I just remember some of the younger people struggling. And I think I didn't specifically have a conversation with them at that point, but um, the guide had told us, you know, they kind of, you know, scan the group before they go and kind of, you know, mentally note who they might have to help a little bit more or whatever. And, you know, the guide was like, you know, I thought you and your husband would be the ones who would have to like, you know, just keep an eye on and, you know, maybe slow down for or whatever. 
And it ended up, you know, being some other people in the group. And that just really resonated with me. Like, yeah, we worked really hard to prepare for this. And we really wanted to be able to enjoy ourselves, not just make it through, but just really enjoy the experience. You know, it's, we spent a lot of money to get there and it was like, you know, probably going to be a once in a lifetime kind of thing. So we did put in the time and effort to get ready, but some of the others were, you know, kind of on the struggle bus. And I was like, you know, people might, you know, may not realize what, what's possible for them and what a little bit of um, extra preparation could do for them. And it can really just improve the quality of your adventure. So, I mean, there's fun, like we were talking about before, like there's, there's also fun in learning and they maybe not being as prepared and, <laughs> and struggling a little bit. And, you know, as long as nobody get, gets hurt, as long as you make it through, that's, you know, that's totally fine. But um, I personally just, yeah, I always like to be, I'm maybe a little over prepared sometimes. <laughs> so it's definitely a gamble. If you're not prepared, <laughs> if you're going to have a good story or if you're yeah. just going to be frustrated. because yeah. So I, I'm vastly <laughs> underprepared for most things, and uh, which has some benefits to it, believe it or not, but not not as many <laughs> as being prepared. <laughs> so, um, But I know that my goals are high, so I know I need to be prepared for certain things for them to be successful, feel accomplished, and, and get that kind of mm-hmm. value from the experience. Um, mm-hmm. But... Um, I would love to hear maybe, gosh, maybe a story or two of a time one of your clients or someone you helped was prepared and what they were able to accomplish and maybe a time that maybe they didn't take your words to heart. I don't know if you have any of those examples, but I'd love to hear Mm. an example of, of someone being prepared for something they maybe thought they couldn't do. Let's take a quick message break and hear from the folks that helped make this show possible. I'd like to introduce you to our newest sponsor, Gnarly Nutrition. I know you've heard about them recently because we've had some guests on recently that credits Gnarly for helping them do the the adventures that we talk about on this show. So uh, Chris Fisher was one who did the Vert Max. He did 400,000 feet of elevation gain in a month. Check out that episode. Uh, That was not too far back. And he credits Gnarly Nutrition for keeping him, his body literally sustained during that time, just packing in the calories. It's amazing nutrition for anyone doing anything adventure, uh, endurance-based, whether that's in the mountains or bikepacking or whatever. It's a great thing to have with you prior to an, uh, an adventure training and also during an adventure. And also Jason Hardrath, who recently did um, the 100 fastest known times. He did 100 mountains in 50 days and just was slamming gnarly nutrition. He also credits Gnarly for essentially keeping his body sustained. And so um, Gnarly Nutrition has been around since 2008. They were born in Utah's Wasatch Mountains, uh, and they are committed to educating and inspiring athletes of all levels to be as nutritionally sound as possible. Their nutrition supplements are certified by NSF and have science-backed products free of hormones, free of GMOs, proprietary blends, uh, and nothing artificial. So Gnarly is going to help you get ready and help you sustain during uh, those huge adventure efforts. So if you're looking for the best tasting and the most trusted sports nutrition brand for any endurance athletes, go to go 
gnarly, and that is G-N-A-R-L-Y.com, and use the code gnarlyadventure15 for 15% off. And just, you know, a personal plug here. I love Gnarly. I love the folks there. They're doing such a fantastic job. They have been so great to work with. Uh, they helped provide some products for um, our Journey to 100 film series uh, that we were doing giveaways with at the end of every film screening. So it's been a pleasure to work with them so far. So if you'd like to support folks that are supporting this show, definitely go visit gonarly.com. That is plenty of that for now. Let's get back into the episode. Oh, absolutely. So um, last summer, um, a a friend of mine and I, she runs a a tour operation, travel company. Um, Her name's Christine. Her company is Lotus Sojourns. And she approached me and said, Hey, you know, I've wanted to climb a 14er. So for those who may not know, maybe all your audience knows here, but I was surprised when I started talking to other people about this project that uh, they didn't know what a 14er was. So that's a, there are like 50 plus of them in Colorado. And there are peaks that are more than 14,000 feet in elevation. So um, it's a big thing here to kind of check off, you know, 14ers on your list and hike to the top and, and, it's a thing here in Colorado and then people come here from, you know, all over the U S and over all over the world to do it. Um, so she's like, I want to do a 14 er and I think, you know, there might be some other people who would be interested in training for that and doing that as well. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. That sounds awesome. So, um, we got a group of ladies together to do that. And yeah. And a couple of them were like, I think, most of them were like, I'm really not sure if I'm going to make this. I'm like, we are absolutely going to make it. It is, it's going to happen. So, you know, it's just a process over time and you don't just, you know, most people don't roll out of bed and, and hike a 14er. They are, they are hard. Like, you know, we talk about quote unquote, easy 14ers and hard 14ers. But the fact is like when you're at you know, 13, 14,000 feet, just breathing is hard for most people. So, um, plus the added, you know, you're, you're gaining elevation on top of the oxygen situation. So it's, it's inevitably hard and it's often harder than a lot of people expect who, who don't do come to do one. And they're like, Oh, I'm just going to do an easy 14 er and, and it'll be fine. And you see them on the side of the mountain. They're just like, Oh my gosh, what have I done? Um, so anyway, so yeah, so we had a three-month training program, and um, <clears throat> I just, you know, step people through it really gradually, and, you know, some of the p- ladies were starting with, you know, walking two to three miles on flat surfaces. Um, one of them was in Michigan for the first, she lived in Colorado, but she was in Michigan with her family th- for the first month and a half. So she was at sea level and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm coming back to Colorado. I only have a month and a half or so before we're going to go do this. Is that going to be okay? And, you know, sure enough, it was. So just I try to like meet people where they're at and, you know, start, you know, start them where they are and gradually increase the intensity and help them try to figure out how to make it work in their lifestyle. You know, a lot of training plans I see out there are like, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, these these are the things you do. And then Tuesday, Thursday, this is what you do. And Saturday, Sunday, whatever. It's very specific and structured, but, you know, life just isn't like that. Um, so that's where the coaching comes in and kind of collaborating with people on, okay, this is, this is what I recommend for the week. How's that going to fit into your life? 
And so that's, that's part of the strategy for helping people figure out how to do it as much for themselves as it is being dictated by me. So I, again, I, I'm the expert in like how much you, I would ideally recommend you should be doing, but to your point, Mason, like sometimes you just, you can't do it for whatever reason. So in that situation, like if they're not able to do as much as I would necessarily recommend, then we just talk about it and figure out if, if it's going to be, if it's going to work out and if they are going to get to the point where it's going to be safe for them to to do their adventure. And fortunately for all of these ladies, it was. And uh, we had an awesome time and everybody made it to the top. So it was a great experience. That is awesome. Too cool. And, and one of the cool things too, if, if even if you're not, say you, say you are pretty capable and you can do a lot, but you only have mm-hmm. a limited amount of time. You know, sure. like being mm-hmm. a little bit more prepared or a little bit more fit can allow you mm-hmm. to squeeze in adventure in that allotted time you mm-hmm. have. Uh, for example, mm-hmm. like we had Mike Chambers on who's uh, hosts Beat Monday, the the show about mm-hmm. yeah doing the most you can in a weekend and a true weekend. Mm-hmm. And so I try to do this every two months. I'll try to do a almost a Beat Monday, more like a Beat 24 hour period experience where you try to get as much done in 24 hours. It's amazing what you can do if you're ready in a short amount mm-hmm. of time. H- have you seen mm-hmm. that at all for folks? Uh, may- maybe not with who you've worked with, but um, that- that's definitely a-, a-, a positive of being prepared. Yeah. I mean, just having some baseline fitness and, you know, um, being consistent is really like allows you to do so many things, right? Then you can kind of pick up the pace or pick up the activity level a little more easily if you're just, you know, even if you're not, you know, I mean, you don't have to spend hours in the gym or hours on the bike or hours outside necessarily. Um, You know, if you just can squeeze it in, um, you know, between, again, I know a lot of people between, you know, work and parenting and other commitments, you know, I do have clients that struggle with that. And again, we just kind of figure out like where it fits in and get that baseline and that foundation in place. And then from there, you can decide like how far you feel, you know, like you can or should push it um, and what you can do um, on top of that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so what are some of the ambitions besides the 14ers that you've helped folks achieve? And also tell us about some of your own adventure ambitions. Is, is it just to get more people involved or is it to do a lot of the things yourself? <laughs> yeah. So I'm currently um, training, actually I have a, a three people who are going to be heading out within the next couple of weeks to do a newer adventure um, called the Camino de Costa Rica. So Costa Rica has set up a a Camino route from the Caribbean to the Pacific, um, you know, running through the middle of the country, which is just looks so cool. And it's totally on my list now, Um, but it's relatively new and it's like a village to village kind of thing. Um, but it's got, you know, I mean, Costa Rica is a pretty hilly country, right? It's got volcanoes and, and all that sort of thing. So um, it's a two about a two-week hike uh, from, from coast to coast. So they'll be, um, you know, doing some 
pretty good mileage days. I mean, and pretty good elevation change. So I've been working with some folks on that. I've got a couple of folks who are doing the Salcante route in Peru uh, to, and eventually visiting Machu Picchu. So that's the Salcante um, route goes up over pass that I believe is over 15,000 feet. So really high altitude, higher than I went when I was on the Inca Trail in Peru. So working with some folks on that. Um, Kilimanjaro's a big one that a lot of people are like, you know, really excited to do, but it's, you know, it requires a lot of preparation. Um, yeah. And then as far as me, this isn't, well, I don't know, depends on what your definition of adventure is, but my husband and I are going to be, uh, walking, hiking the, um, Camino de Santiago, the Portugal route, um, starting, in May. So we've got a couple of weeks in May that we'll be actually out there um, in Portugal and Spain doing our own little adventure. So that's definitely that's the an next adventure. Thing on the list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. How, how yeah. long is that? And how long does it take again? Uh, well, there's various routes and, and various ways to like kind of start starting points and things that you can do. So the, the longest route or the, and the most popular route is the, the, um, the French way. And that starts over in France, <clears throat> just on the other side of the Pyrenees, um, and then comes over to Spain and kind of runs around, along Northern Spain. But we are doing the Portuguese route, um, which the, I think starts technically in Lisbon, um, or around that area, but we're picking it up in Porto and, um, heading up to the Santiago de Compostela. So ours is our version that we're doing is 150 miles or so. And, um, we're putting in a few rest days in there because, you know, we're, um, we're a little, little older. My husband's 60 and I'm 52. Um, so not that that's any excuse or reason, because there are plenty of people who do it with and much older ages, especially the Camino. Um, but we've chosen to take our time and, and really enjoy it. And um, it'll be, I think, 14 days of walking and like 17 days total. So we're we're going to take our time and just, yeah, enjoy the villages and enjoy the people we meet and the sites and, and all those good things. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Oh, that's awesome. And, w- and when did you say that was again? In May. In yep. May. So it's coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Coming up soon. So guess what? We've been training. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. I imagine. Uh, yeah, I've got the plan written on the whiteboard in our in our little uh, home gym workout space. So, yep. That is too My poor cool. husband. <laughs> my poor husband who has to like live with the trainer. He's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, he, you know, he's grateful for it because like I said, on the... In the Inca Trail, you know, we were the first ones at the first camp and it was like, yes, <laughs> we're, we You're got ready. This. That is awesome. So, Too cool. Yeah. Well, uh, well tell us a, a few tips and tricks of folks to get ready. So, something that's free, um, that you mm-hmm. recommend maybe sure. just that, that, uh, that helps folks set some of these bigger goals and bigger. I mean, like maybe some at their first 14 or, or sure. do, do something that's introductory, but also ambitious. Yeah, right. That's that's kind of a, a thing is like finding that it may not be the first, but you know, kind of gauging your event your adventure appropriately so that you can push yourself 
and feel that sense of accomplishment, but not be miserable. I mean, unless you want to be miserable, but I'm most of the people I work with don't want to be miserable. Um, so yeah, I think that just kind of just the first step to figure out what you want to do is like, what really speaks to you? Like what, what do you like just feel in your gut or in your bones that you really want to do? Because in order to prepare for it, you're going to, you are going to probably need to put in some time and effort. And if you're not really that jazzed about it, if like hiking a 14er is like, eh, I don't, you know, yeah, I guess I could do that. It'd be okay. Like, that may not be the right adventure for you. You know, it should be something you're pretty psyched about. Um, and then it's just a matter of, you know, for the most adventures, like they're doable, especially things that, you know, kind of the average person would think of as an adventure. I know some of the people you have on your podcast here, the kinds of adventures they do, like make me go, oh my God, gosh, I would never in a million years want to do that. So uh, more everyday adventures or more like average person adventures, like most people can do them. I like to kind of compare it to running a marathon. Like I think a lot, like not everyone, but pretty much a lot of people could run a marathon if they want to put in the time and effort to, to prepare for it. I have no desire to run a marathon. I don't never say never, but I probably never will. Um, but I could do it, you know, just, so I guess my, that I use that comparison because like training for something that you're excited about is most likely doable. Um, climbing a 14er, hiking a 14er is really is pretty doable for most people in, who are in decent health. Um, I mean, there are 60, 70 year olds out here that do it. So it's, you know, it might be slow. Um, and you know, you're not going to set any records, um, might not be super comfortable, but you know, you, most people can get it done if they've done the preparation. Um, and then the key is to just look at the time frame and see what's reasonable so that you can take the time to prepare gradually. And that's, you know, mostly what I do with my program is just like, look at where you're at, look at when you're planning to go and then map out that grab gradual, um, progression. And <clears throat> so, you know, there's a lot of things that are very sports specific, depending on if it's a long bike ride that you're planning to do, if you're going to do like a century or if you're doing a multi-day um, ride, say you're, you know, doing, we did um, a uh, seven-day ride on the islands of Croatia last fall. So we, you know, and boat, our boat took us from island to island and then we had a ride each day. So, you know, that sort of thing, you just want to have some specific training based on what the activity is or the activities are that you're doing. And again, ramping up things that like 10% ish addition to your like mileage or time or whatever measurement it is appropriate for your adventure. You want to ramp that up gradually over the weeks. Um, you want to make sure you have some rest time and recovery time. I also really strongly recommend strength training for, you know, pretty much every adventure. It doesn't have to be a ton. You don't have to like go, you know, do CrossFit or, you know, 
spend an hour at the gym, like three days a week, you know, pumping heavy weights. But uh, there are a lot of benefits to strength training to help with your endurance, to help you with preventing injury, um, especially as we get older. Just like getting those muscles really in tune uh, will help you with that, you know, with achieving that goal in a more comfortable way. Um, I also usually give people, you know, suggest to people that they do some stretching, you know, whether that's yoga or, you know, kind of whatever their preferred um, stretching approach is. My husband loves this thing called Ramwad, range of motion, workout of the day. Um, You know, I was shocked that he like really got into it, but he's really gotten into it. So he, he does it, you know, pretty regularly. And yeah, just having a nice, well-rounded approach and then having, you know, even some cross training. So if you're doing a big hike, uh, but you'd like to bike as well, take a day to go bike, you know, just use your muscles differently. So um, you're not just like continually grinding on the same, same um, system, I guess, and give your body a, a, some other opportunities to, to move in different ways. Oh, that's awesome. Great, great tips. I love that. Tell, tell us about one of your most rewarding experiences and why you personally like to stay ready for adventure. Tell us about maybe one of your favorite mm-hmm. adventures. Or, it doesn't have to be the favorite, but something that just comes to mind is like an amazingly rewarding experience. Like, this is why I do this. Mm, oh, gosh. There's just like Yeah, there's so only many. like, like <laughs> 40 for you to choose from. <laughs> well, I just, you know, I'm just so grateful like day to day to be able to do things. And yeah, you know, part of that is, like I said before, where I live, like just being able to roll out of bed and like go jump on a bike or go out for a hike. And that's kind of like the day to day readiness and um, a reason that I you know, just kind of stay, you know, on track. And besides, I love, I mean, I just love exercise, exercising anyway. I know not everybody does, believe me. Some of my clients are like, I'm only doing this because I want to go do, you know, like this, I, this is not my love or my passion. I'm just doing this purely so I can go do this thing. Um, wow. One of my favorite adventures, um, yeah, I mean, my husband and I um, did a backpacking trip in Yosemite a while ago, um, and that was pretty amazing. We started up in Tuolumne Meadows and um, and hiked all the way down to the valley. We had staged. We were with another friend, and we had staged a car down in the valley. So that was a three to four day backpacking trip. Um, didn't see, it was early season and we just, we really didn't see anybody until we got close to the valley. Well, we saw a lot of people at Half Dome. That's really where we first started seeing a lot of people. Um, but from Tuolumne down to like Half Dome, we just didn't even see anybody. And we, you know, heard avalanches and we crossed these, it was like June. So we were crossing these rivers that were like swollen with runoff and um, freezing like almost up to my waist. And I was like, Oh my gosh. But, um, so that was, but that was really fun. Just a really special experience. And then, yeah, when we got to half dome, this was again, years ago. I mean, it was busy, but not like it is now. I think you need a permit now to like do the side of half dome. So we didn't, we're not climbers, so we didn't do the face, but, um, yeah, climbing up the side of Half Dome and getting up to the top and seeing the valley, you know, Yosemite Valley was just incredible. 
So that was a really, really special, special adventure experience. That is too awesome. Now, I, I actually never got the, uh, used to live there in Yosemite, which I'm sure listeners mm. are like rolling their eyes every time I mention the same stories, but <laughs> I was a child in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. very young, fresh out of school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. I tried to climb Hafton one time without a permit mm. and my plan, I was, I biked there. I was biking across country. I stopped in Yosemite and, uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, <laughs> I was like, I'll just do it in the middle of the night, you know, (laughs) during a full moon. Mm -hmm. And I got up to the sub dome and I was about to start on the cables and I didn't Mm -hmm. see it. But right at the base of the cables was this Mm -hmm. dark gray sleeping bag. And I thought it was a rock (laughs) and I go to step over it. And it was a ranger. <laughs> oh my gosh! Holy sleeping uh, to prevent people from doing that, and uh, <laughs> and it was literally like two in the morning. And uh, oh my! Gosh. But you could see everything because the, the the moon was out, yeah. um, and it's all yeah. granite. And he stopped me, said, "Whoa, what are you doing?" And I was like, "I was just stunned. I, I didn't see it. I didn't even notice it. I thought it was a rock till I was about three feet away." And he was uh, he woke up and and he's like. <laughs> You know, man, I can't let you do that. But if someone has an open spot on their permit coming up, you can you can take that spot because a lot of times people back out the last mm-hmm. minute, yeah. or they don't feel well mm-hmm. the day the night, you know, before mm-hmm. that that morning or whatever. Uh, it's, it's tons of stuff happens like that, and for some sure. reason, someone might have a five person permit and only three can make it that day. So, or they turn around halfway through if they're not feeling well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I was like, all right, sweet. So I sat with him. We I sat for about two and a half hours, three hours before I was like, I was in shorts too. And it was May. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Oh no. And I was, was like, freezing. I am freezing. I need yeah. to get moving. And he's like, yeah, man, sorry. And I did not pass another yeah. group for like an hour and a half going down. So I'm yeah. really glad I didn't wait. Uh, but uh, yeah. Hilariously, I, I did not make it to the top of Half Dome for that trip. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, again, yeah, this was pre-permit, so that tells you. I mean, it was it was 2000 actually. Um, that was the summer. Wow, we yeah, definitely. Yeah, and um, we had we came out we came at it because from the opposite side of most people because most people are coming up from the valley, right? But we had started above and where we were coming down. Um, so we didn't see a ton of people till we got there. And then of course, when we got there, there was a lot of people, but, um, but it was really, you know, it was really amazing. It was really cool. And then we got back to camp. So we, you know, backpacked, we dropped our, our packs in camp. We hiked to Half Dome, went up Half Dome, came back down, uh, hiked back to camp. I can't remember how far it was back to our camp, you know, probably just like a mile or two maybe, but you know, we'd been backpacking already for a couple of days and we get back to camp and um, we are getting ready, getting our bear canisters out, getting ready to um, set up for dinner when who comes along but mama bear and baby bear. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and we're like, oh, no, this is not good. And, you know, of course, mama bear looks like she weighs like 800 pounds to us at that point. And baby, she sends baby bear over to our tents to check them out. Uh, we were away, of course, from our tents because we were going to be cooking. So we were pretty far away from our tents, but we're like banging on pots and pans 
And like Baby Bear's back practically doing a dance, like, oh, thanks for the musical accompaniment, you know, like, they aren't afraid of that in Yosemite, you know, (laughs) they're just like, whatever. So Baby Carrot Bear comes and sniffs around and kind of checks things out and decides there wasn't anything of interest in our tents and stuff and didn't come over to approach us, fortunately. So they wander off, you know, they decide there's nothing, you know, that they're going to move on. But needless to say, we were not going to fire up dinner after that. So we pretty much had cliff bars for dinner. And Golly. I was like, oh my God, barely slept a wink that night. And it was like, yeah, it was, that was definitely an adventure. <laughs> so <laughs> that is too good crazy. Times. See, that's the good stuff, times. no matter how prepared you are, that's the stuff that just, you can't, exactly. that's the wilderness, you know, that's adventure. Oh Things gosh. are going to happen. Yeah. Things are going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. that is too funny. Yeah. Well, where where can uh you know if folks are wanting to maybe take the next step in their adventure readiness, uh, where can they find out more about you and what can they expect working with you? Um, yeah, and how how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. So my business is Trailblazer Wellness. And so I have trailblazerwellness.com. I'm on Facebook, you know, Trailblazer Wellness, uh, Facebook page, Instagram, um, all the the things. I'm not on Twitter. That's just a platform I've not taken to so much. But um, but yeah, you can find my website at trailblazerwellness.com. Uh, you can reach me at Becky, B-E-C-K-I at trailblazerwellness.com. And um, yeah, on my website, I have, basically I have set up like packages based on like six months, three months, um, six weeks, kind of depending on where you are uh, relative to your particular adventure. Uh, that being said, I'm really flexible. Um, you know, I, you know, we can, I always talk to people first. I, you technically could sign up for a package right on my website, but I highly encourage a, um, a 30 minute consultation call. So those are totally free. You can just book it again. There's a, just email me and say, Hey, I'm, I'm interested. You know, what do you think? And we'll set up some time to just chat about, you know, what you're planning to do, where you're going, you know, what you're, what you're thinking about, what's involved and see if it's a good fit for, you know, for you and for me. And, you know, there are just, there's certain things that I don't train people for. I don't train people for um, technical mountaineering. So, you know, if you're going to go do Rainier, I mean, I can help you get ready for Rainier, but I um, don't do technical mountain um, climbing training. um, And I don't do like hardcore nutrition stuff either. So it's just not my specialty. I have people I can refer to if that is something that you're interested in. But if you're just looking to, you know, go do this this thing you've had in your head and it seems like it's a bit of a stretch, but you're like really kind of itching to do it. Let's talk about it. We'll just, you know, we'll talk through it and, and see if it's, see what, um, how we can make it happen for you. Awesome. Well, I love it, Becky. It's uh, you know, it, we all need encouragement. We all need some help getting ready. I know, I know I'm one that needs more structure <laughs> when getting ready for things, especially adventures. So, uh, I love that this, type of thing exists from someone who's doing it themselves and setting their own goals. Um, yeah. So thanks for sharing some stories and sharing a little bit about what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. And then just a little bit more about how it works, um, is that we would set up a program and, 
Uh, we meet either weekly or biweekly and I give you, you know, I put together the plan and then we collaborate on how it actually plays out and make adjustments along the way. You know, some people, when they're training for things, they just, you know, they, you can definitely grab a, a training plan off the internet. Like they're, they're all over the place, right? Just good old, you know, Google will bring you up some training plans. But one of the things I find with, um, with many of my clients, for better or for worse is, you know, life happens along the way. And, um, you know, you get sick, you get injured, something happens to a family member, work gets crazy, you know, and all of a sudden that training plan that looked really like fine is feeling a little daunting. And so I often end up working with clients to recalibrate things and kind of get creative with it so that, um, so that they can end up making it work. And I, I think that um, that's one of the biggest values is having someone there who like understands you, who is there with you, you know, on your journey, because really the journey for an adventure, like starts way before the adventure, right? It starts, it starts when you like start, decide you want to do it. So as long as you're investing in doing the adventure, like invest in doing the, the planning and the training, the preparation beforehand. And, you know, I can help you just along the way. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Becky, for joining us on uh, ASP. First of all, Thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us that you choose to listen to this show. If you'd like to help us further, you can leave a review on iTunes, share us with your friends, your family. It goes a long way to grow in the show. You can also support us financially through patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast. Link is in the show notes. And also, if you have an idea of who could be a good guest for the show, we're always looking for people to tell their story uh, about the outdoors or adventure. So if you know someone, please reach out. Email us at info at adventuresportspodcast.com. And until then, get out there and have some fun.